You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual Hey everybody, welcome to the Lovecast. This week we're not fucking around, we're getting right to your calls. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. Hey Dan, um, I just had a question about um, the term fetish. We had a discussion, my friends and I had a discussion about whether a fetish is necessarily sexual or not. I thought it was. Um, someone said that they had an uh, fetish of with books, which I thought was more of a an obsession. Um, I was just making sure that I was correct, <laughs> um, and was hoping that you would back me up on this. That an uh, fetish is perhaps necessarily sexual, as opposed to an obsession, which is which is just you know an obsession. Maybe one day when you grow up, you'll have a room of your own with a dictionary of your own in it. Because here I am looking at the dictionary definition, Merriam-Webster, fetish, noun, French, Portuguese, an object as, as a small stone carving of an animal believed to have a magical power, blah, 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 an object of irrational reverence or obsessive devotion, an object or bodily part whose real or fantasized presence is psychologically necessary for sexual gratification – and that is an object of fixation to the extent that it may interfere with complete sexual expression. Well, they're showing their bias there because you can have a fetish that facilitates complete sexual expression. It is possible. But the common understanding and usage today, fetish does mean, you know, certain kind of high heels, a fetishistic sexual attachment to an animate object or thing. So to say you have a fetish for a book is a bit like saying that you're a chocoholic which is like being an alcoholic for al- for chocolate, right? It's a riff uh, on the word, but it, it, I wouldn't say that it was accurate unless that particular book uh, makes your friend's pussy drip and that particular book has to be whomped upside her head during sex for her to get off. Uh, hi, Dan. I understand that as a dude, I'm kind of biologically predisposed to want to sleep with many women. Uh, I And there's all that issues go along with that, and I want to not have that. I've had a number of relatively dissatisfying relationships for a number of reasons, uh, one of them being that as soon as I get in a relationship, I'm there, I'm there, and then I'm not. Uh, and I want to not do that. I really want to have a healthy relationship with another woman, and yeah, so what the hell, how do I calm my brain down how do I stop overanalyzing things? Because just telling it to shut up doesn't work. You're a man. You're a, a human. You're a mammal and a vertebrate. You are always going to be noticing all the things out there that you would like to fuck. You need to accept yourself. You need to accept your sexuality. You know, when you say this has been a problem in one of your relationships or a couple of your relationships because you're there, you're there, and then you're not, I assume that means you're present with her, you're present with her, you're engaged with her, a pretty girl pops into your peripheral vision and you check her out and she notices and gets pissed. What can you do about that? Date better girls. 
date girls who are down with the fact that you're a dude and that you're going to want to fuck other girls uh, and that you can't necessarily be in complete control at all times of your reptile responses to visual stimuli and who isn't going to resent you for it or be psycho jealous. And you should be that person too because girls want to fuck other guys too and she's going to notice over the course of a relationship other guys she'd like to fuck too. If you define being in love as refraining from fucking other people, that's what the commitment means, that you're going to not fuck other people. That doesn't mean you're not going to want to. That doesn't mean you're not going to notice. And you just have to accept that and she has to accept that. And you have to find somebody who knows that that's the way it is and has a sense of humor about it. You know, it can be grating when you're with somebody and they're just checking people out indiscriminately without taking your presence into consideration, without being polite. And you can learn to do that. You can learn to keep your animal instincts in check. You can learn to perceive how you're being perceived and be considerate of her feelings by not leering at other women. But you are always, always, so long as you have a dick as long as you have balls pumping out testosterone or a prostate, whipping up seminal fluid, you are going to notice other women and you're going to want to fuck them and you're going to just have to roll with that. There's no escape. You're doomed. Sorry. Um, hi. I'm a 19-year-old straight girl. Okay, well, I basically have been lying to everyone I know about when and how I lost my virginity. Um, in high school, I hung out with like a really, I don't know, a group of friends who would just basically have, you know, weekend-long house parties and just fuck each other. And I was into that, but I came a little late to the game, so I just, I was ashamed to tell anyone there that I was a virgin. So, you know, I did it all, I did other stuff, but didn't lose my virginity until college, until recently. So, everyone I know, but the guy I had sex with, who was completely, like, no one I knew, no one I cared about, just to get it over with. No one knows. And it's become a problem in my current relationship because the guy I'm with is considerably older and it's just like a fuck buddy situation. But I don't really know what I'm doing. And the problem is that, you know, I lead everyone to believe that I know exactly what I'm doing. That if anything, I'm this, like, hypersexual person when really I'm not. I'm, in fact, so frigid that I don't even masturbate. I mean, it just doesn't do anything for me. The thing is, sexually, the only thing I really enjoy is just, well, what you refer to as vanilla sex. Just, you know, anyway. So basically, I'm completely boring in vanilla. I basically just like to lie there and get fucked. And there has to be another way. I Like, I want to do more for him, but I really can't ask him because of his fuck buddies. And if you have to talk about fuck buddy sex, it's not worth having, right? So... Anyway, that's my problem. I don't mean to beat up on you or anything, but if you have to talk about fuck buddy sex, it's not worth having, right? That has to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone say, ever. And I hear so many dumb things. But I have short and long-term memory problems, so maybe other people have said dumber things or just can't recall them at the moment. But that is way fucking up there, all right? If you have to talk about fuck buddy sex, it's not worth having. You want to be able to talk about sex Freely and openly with anyone that you're having sex with, whether you're having sex with them for the rest of your life, whether you're having sex with them for the rest of the afternoon, whether you're having regular fuck buddy sex with them, you have to be able to communicate. You don't want to overprocess. You don't want to be a muling douchebag, 
But you do need particularly to be able to speak about sex in a friendly – in a user-friendly since you're there to be used – manner. You got to talk about what turns you on. You got to talk about what you like. You got to be able to speak honestly about your actual experience levels. You have to drop this BS. And I've seen this out of other people who run with a wild crowd, but they themselves are not wild. And they'll affect sort of a wild posture. They'll let people make assumptions about them that aren't true. And then they kind of get trapped because, you know, they'll draw, they'll start fucking somebody from that crowd. And they can't come out to that person about the fact that they are inexperienced and they might need a little bit more handholding and consideration and care and that they might not be able to go zero to 60 in 30 seconds because they're scared. Just drop it. Go to your friends. They'll laugh it off. I bet if you just open up with your little wild crowd friends about your actual experience levels that one or two of your friends in that group might be inspired to level with everybody too because I guarantee you at your age – with the group you're running with, that there are other people who are faking it too, just like you've been faking it. Now, about what you enjoy, when you say things like, all I enjoy is X, you need, especially when you're your age and you're young and you're a young woman and a lot of women don't really come into their full complement of interests and kinks until they've been exploring for a while, until they hit their sexual peak, just say, this is what I enjoy right now. But I'm open to more later, to new and different experiences, but this is what I enjoy right now. And don't feel so damaged. You know, it sounds like a pretty limited menu right now for you. But if you can really enjoy the shit on that menu, then do that. Really enjoy the shit on your menu. But first thing you got to do is go to your fuck buddy sex partner and be straight with him and level with him. If you don't have it in you to come out to all these wild children that you've been running with about who you actually are sexually, I would encourage you to develop a new group of friends and be out and open with them. You know, when I was in high school and I was out to a handful of people as bi and then I came out as gay, it was really kind of hard to be gay with my friends who knew me when I was bi slash straight because they were sort of locked into who that person was. So I made some new friends and that actually made it easier. You can make some new friends too. You're young. You know what's not worth having? It's not worth having sex with someone that you feel you can't talk to and it's not worth having sex with someone who won't talk with you about where they're at. Honestly, that's the sex that's not worth having. Hi, um, I'm having a problem with my boyfriend, and um, he never wants to go down on me. He's had uh, problems in the past, like he had a horrible experience. He just never wants to go down on me, and he, and he feels bad about it, and he says, what can I do to not feel bad about this? And I told him, I was like, why don't you go down on me? But um, he has this idea that I'm going to break up with him all of a sudden, and I never am, probably not. But he's my first love. And I'm having problems with him yelling at me and stuff. I almost broke up with him a few days ago. But I was just asking what I can do to help him be less insecure about him not going down on me because it's okay. I get stimulated in other things, but I just want to know how I can take that stress out of his head and make him feel more comfortable around me and not think that I'm going to break up with him. Break up with him. Just break up with him. It's time. Uh, the reason he's saying he's afraid you're going to break up with him and yelling at you uh, is to terrorize you emotionally and to back you into a corner where you've had to reassure him over and over and over again, I'm not going to break up with you because he wants that to hang over your head so that you can't break up with him. Um, you know, it's like – it's actually just like bullshit. What he's doing to you is really bullshit. Uh, we all have the right – to break up with anyone we're seeing at any time for any reason.
the end. I go home every day to a guy I've been with for 15 years knowing that he could leave me if he so chose that day. Does that make me insecure? Do I lose it every night? Do I worry? No, I don't. I'm pretty confident at this stage that he ain't going anywhere. But it actually imposes a little like good behavior on both of us because I want him to stay. So even though there's going to be stresses and strains, we're going to yell at each other. We're going to have fights. I'm going to be good enough to keep him around because I know he could go. And he does the same for me. And you want a guy who's going to do that for you but who is also not going to mau-mau you about whether you're going to leave him or not and get you to swear up and down until you feel obligated to stay eternally that you won't leave him. It's him using feigned insecurity as a bludgeon, as something to beat you over the head with. Don't do it. And that's even not even getting into the fact that he won't go down on you because he's had some traumatic experience. Somebody drop a pussy on his head? What happened? You don't go there. I assume if you knew what the traumatic experience was, you'd let me know too. It just sounds like he doesn't like to eat pussy. And there are women out there who don't like to have their pussies eaten. I get letters from their husbands. He should be with one of them. You, you're almost there. You sound almost articulate about it. You require cunnilingus. You require oral sex to get off. That's what you're tiptoeing up to, right? He can't give it to you. You've given him a year and eight months of your life to get there. And he's not getting there. You need to dump his fucking ass. Not because people who – guys who won't eat pussy are terrible and should be thrown into hell, although I do think they are and should. But because you guys are not sexually compatible fundamentally at a base level. You are not sexually compatible. So it is time to end it. And I've never known anyone who was in a relationship with someone who is pulling what your boyfriend is pulling, this yelling at you because he's afraid you're going to break up with him and instigating these screaming matches where then you have to reassure him that you're not going where. I don't know anyone who's ever in one of those relationships who wasn't relieved when it was over. And I don't know anyone who's ever been in one of those relationships that lasted. It is a, it is a sign of a fatal flaw and you need to go. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. And you know what? The Savage Lovecast is not the gayest thing in the world that you can download and play back anywhere. I think that would be Seth Rudetsky's Broadway Nights, a novel about Broadway and Seth. Narrated by Kristen Chenoweth and Andrea Martin and other Broadway stars, including Seth Rudetsky. Uh, it looks like the gayest thing you could stick in your ear short of a cock. And I recommend it. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook download today. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a straight female. Um, my partner obviously is a male, straight as well. Um, he recently told me that... He really likes his ass being played with, um, which I really want to help him out. Um, he's never told a partner before, so he doesn't have past experience with anybody playing with his ass before besides himself. And um, I really want to help him out, and it definitely turns him on. It really grosses me out, though. And I think I can get over this, but um, I was wondering what I should do in order to maybe minimize the gross-out factor. Also, I we've played with his ass twice now, and one of the two times, I think I kind of hurt him. And um, so I'm also wondering, like, with anal play, what 
What am I supposed to be doing? I tried to call you back because I wanted to find out when you say play with his ass, but you, you like, what are you playing with his ass? Monopoly? Risk? Are you, is he like sticking dice up there and he has to shoot him across the room for Yahtzee? Like, what toys are you using? Are you finger fucking him? Are you pegging him? Like, what the hell's going on uh, when you say play with his ass? There's so much that could be going on when you use a phrase like play with his ass uh, that it makes me wonder uh, how you hurt him and what exactly you did. If you hurt him, generally, uh, the general points are you're probably going too fast or using something too big out of the gate or not enough lube. Or not taking your time. Uh, remember, it doesn't give back there uh, the way a jaw can just open up and take it or uh, an aroused woman uh, or so I'm told. Uh, it's all book learning on that front. Here's what you need to do. You need to find out from him exactly what it is that he does when he's alone. You need to watch him do it. You need to sit on your hands or sit on the other side of the room and trim your fingernails while he plays with himself so you can see – what it is he enjoys, and what is it what it is his ass can take. Then, if you're worried about cleanliness, which is usually what somebody's worried about when they talk about gross, he needs to douche for you. He go get an enema bag, go get a little douche kit. Uh, they sell them at every fine sex toy shop in the world, uh, and he can clean himself out. So there ain't nothing coming out his butt during your play sessions that you didn't just put in his butt during your play sessions. I would invest in a few toys. Also, there's no reason why you can't wear rubber gloves. You can't get a box of latex gloves and lube them up. And if he wants fingers in there, you can put a glove on. And then when you're done with the glove, you just grab it by the wrist and pull your hand out of it, pulls the glove inside out. You can dispose of the lube and whatever else may have gotten attached to the glove while it was in his ass quickly and easily and cleanly. I would encourage you to read Anal Pleasure and Health by Jack Morin. Um, Complete Guide to Anal Sex by Tristan Taramino. There's tons of books out there. Uh, if you're going to be with this guy for a long time and butt play is going to be a part of your sex life for a long time, wouldn't hurt to invest in a couple of books. And finally, Yahtzee for you. You know, you're going there. You're being GGG. You're exploring something that at least at the gate you're not that into. You're kind of wrinkling your nose. Who knows? You may develop a taste – for it, if I can use that expression. And then in time, if something pops up in your libido and your erotic imagination that you want to try that's not necessarily his cup of tea, you'll be able to call in the favors and be like, hey, I've been sticking my hand in your ass for 10 years. You are going to put on this French maid outfit. Hi, Dan. My name's Petra, and I was just calling because this weekend I was listening to a marathon of your older podcast from 2007. I was driving, and I was driving up and eventually met my parents up at my aunt and my new uncle's ranch. And it came up that I think my uncle or my my dad or some one of the males called another, the other one a pussy. And, of course, having listened to your podcast, I said, hey, pussy's strong. It bears children. And I said this very quietly. It takes a pounding because it was my 60-year-old father. My dad's like 65. And I just wanted to... Uh, to tell you that that was kind of weird to be explaining how pussies were really strong and how they should really be calling each other scrotums, and then my brother-in-law chimed in a scrotum. And then the next thing that happened was my I was walking across the, the ranch, and my father yells to me, hey, Petra, can you tell your uncle why or why, why you shouldn't call someone a pussy? And so here I am screaming this across the way, realizing that uh, I was having to explain a lot my, actually he's 64-year-old father, to my 65-year-old uncle why 
why uh, they shouldn't call each other pussies, but they should call each other scrotums. And so I just wanted to thank you for that refreshing moment of 65-year-olds talking about pussy and scrotums, which I really could have done without, but nonetheless was hilarious. So thanks. Bye. You're welcome, I guess, for that thing that I gave you that you could have done without. But I never said that uh, pussies bear children. I believe I said they spit out children, which is much more active. Something that bears a load, bears a weight is something passive that, you know, the thing is set on and it bears it. But a pussy, a pussy fucking loogies babies into the world. <laughs> That's strong. That's powerful. And any guys, they're on a ranch. I'm sure they're chewing spit and tobacco. A pussy's like that, except the chaw is come and the spit never mind anyway next call hey dan i'm 19 and bisexual i'm just wondering when should i come out to my sexual partners is this kind of a first date thing or should i wait until second or third or something like that also should i really tell one night stands beforehand or does that not really matter and also should i handle gay or bi guys differently from straight or bi girls if you're having one-night stands with people that you're not having any sort of conversation with, I guess you don't have to disclose. Uh, I feel it's better just to to be honest about who and what you is and are. Uh, you don't want to accidentally wind up sleeping with somebody who doesn't want to be sleeping with you. Uh, you don't want to have to tearfully confess to a girlfriend six months in that you're into dudes too and have the relationship fall apart for that reason. There are just too many girls out there and I guarantee you this is the case. There are too many girls out there who are into buy dudes for you to waste your time romancing some girl who isn't. And there are bi dudes out there who are into bi dudes and there are gay dudes out there who are into bi dudes. Just you want people who want to be with you to be with you. And the only way to ensure that those are the people you're crawling into bed with is to be honest about who you are going in. Hey, Dan. Um, I am a 24-year-old female. I've been with my boyfriend for about four years now. And um, nine months ago, I moved to New York with him to Michigan because he got accepted into a PhD program. Um, so I moved with him. I didn't have anything going for me in Michigan. Um but he just broke up with me after I just moved here with him. Um, and I thought I'd be okay. I'm going to go back to Michigan, I guess. Um, and I thought I'd be okay waiting till July until I can actually move and get situated there. But um, I'm going crazy because we live together and it's like he'll leave the house and not tell me where he's going. Or well, he's not supposed to tell me where he's going, but he'll leave the house and... and not come back and not say anything about it. And usually it's like he'll come back at four in the morning, um, but he's still not home from last night. I'm sorry. That totally sucks. The situation that you're in totally sucks to have to live every day for now with someone who's rejected you like this and has made you feel foolish for having followed him to New York and everything else. Here's what you do. Pack up your shit and go. Put a bunch of your shit in boxes and mail it back to your parents' house. Tell your parents you guys broke up. It didn't work out. If you have friends in New York and you want to stay in New York, go move in with your friends in New York. Couch surf for a while. Anything will be better than living in an apartment where every day, every scab you've got is going to be ripped open all over again. Get the fuck out. This is an instance where you call a sibling or an aunt or uncle, and you say, I usually don't ask for much. I don't ask for anything. I really need your help. I just need a couple thousand dollars so that I can get out of here because I'm going crazy. 
And then you get in a car and you spend a month driving across the country to get back to Michigan. You can draw it out. You can arrive when you want to arrive. And just clear your head and clear your palate and fuck a couple other people and put some time and space between you and this relationship that has ended. And I'm really sorry uh, for the pain that you're in. You need to get out of there so that the pain will begin to recede. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm calling in regards to a woman who called whose boyfriend posted her uh, picture on the BDSM website, uh, who seemed reluctant to leave. Uh, I'd just like to add my two cents for her. Get out. Um, I know you've been there with him for six years, and I know that you're tied up with him financially and all these things, but it's not worth it. Seriously, I've just come out of an abusive relationship myself. You know, he's apologized, but what's he going to do next time? I guess is my question. What's what's the next step from here? What's he going to have to apologize for again eventually? I hear nothing but pain in your voice, and my heart goes out to you. Just leave. Get out. However you can. There, there are ways to do it. There are people who will be there to catch you, to help you get out. And And seriously, it's only going to go downhill from here. If this has been going on for six years and you're still not happy with the kind of sex that he wants, just leave, please, I beg you. It's not going to get better. It's not your fault. It's not your job to accommodate him. You have needs, too. You are important as well. Please, uh, it's only going to get worse. Uh, I hate to be a daughter about that, but really it's in your best interest, and there will be people who will love you and respect you for who you are. Trust me, this is from someone who's been there. Thanks for the uh, the advice for that previous caller, and we got one more feedback call. Hi, Dan. This is the guy who was giving up the goat on being bisexual and needed to tell his religious friend. Uh, I thought I'd call and give you an update. I told him, followed some of your advice, picked a neutral location, and it turns out it went really well. The forces of being almost like brothers went out over any religious objections. He was fine with it and gave me a hug. I guess I was worried over nothing, but... Score one for the good guys, I guess. Uh, on the other hand, I am keeping the expression giving up the goat, I guess out of sheer dogged determination to not be wrong about something. Anyways, thank you for your advice again. Thanks very much for the call back. I'm glad that worked out for you. And am I not right all the time? Am I not? The tech savvy at risk youth are shaking their head no. But in this case, I was totally right. And I'm glad that worked out for you. Um, and I, I hope you hold on to that goat forever. And we're going to leave it there for the week. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to call and record a question for a future show, that's the number for the podcast. Please leave a callback number in case we want to ask you a follow-up question and surprise you at work with a call from your old friend Dan Savage. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And me and the tech savvy at Risk Youth will be back at you next week with another installment of The Lovecast. Thanks for listening. 